Facebook famously determined that if a new member invited 10 friends within 14 days, they were hooked for life. So they focused religiously on driving the user experience to this key metric. If you apply this product-based approach to B2B sales, then you can identify those users that are ready to talk. And this method is known as the Product Qualified Lead, or PQL. So if you sell in a freemium, open source, or trial model, then the PQL method is critical to give your sales team visibility into who is ready to talk. So talk to your data team, or better yet, partner with Whaler's team of data scientists to develop a PQL model tailored specifically for your business. You'll be empowered by knowing exactly when a user is ready to convert. To see specific examples, go to getwhaler.com forward slash Andy. That's G-E-T-W-H-A-L-R dot com forward slash Andy. And as a bonus, if you sign up to learn more about Whaler and PQLs, then Whaler will send you their optimized two-page master services contract that you can leverage for your own business free of charge. It's time to accelerate. Hi, this is Andy. Welcome to another edition of Frontline Friday with my regular and very special guest, Bridget Gleason. Now, before we get to the show, Bridget and I have a favorite ask of you. Really appreciate it. If you took time right now to leave a review for this show on iTunes, and while you're there, click the button, subscribe to Accelerate, make sure you get Frontline Friday automatically each week. Also, we need to hear from you. More specifically, we need your sales questions. I mean, what can we answer for you? What challenges do you have that we can help you with? So go to accelerate.fm forward slash frontline and enter your question there. Each month, we're going to select one listener's question to be the question of the month. And the winner will receive a $50 Amazon gift card. So remember, go to accelerate.fm forward slash frontline to give us your question and maybe win 50 bucks. So Bridget, how are you today? You know the answer. I'm doing fantastic. That's why, why I got the name. Perfect. That's why I got the name. Fantastic. Fantastic. Life is good. No complaints. No complaints at all? No complaints at all. Wow. Somebody, somebody, uh, one of the reps gave me a book this week. I'd already read it, but um, I keep it on my desk. Mm -hmm. It's called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a, and I don't swear really, but it begins with an F. And I I keep it as a reminder. Uh, The basic premise of the book, I don't know if you're familiar with it, is there are things... There are things that are worth really getting uptight over and stressing about and Mm -hmm. giving an F-U-C-K about, and there are things that aren't. And typically the things that are, are relationships and health and family and purpose, Mm -hmm. not some of the other things. So it's a good, it's a great, it's a great reminder. So no, I don't have any complaints. I've got, uh, I have a really good, I have a really good life. Well, I I think so I, it, I, 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 I mean, I think people you know, we've seen other books, similar topics, you know, don't sweat the small stuff. I forget who wrote yeah, that. But, same thing. Same. But, you don't even need to read the book. Yeah. Just know by the title. Right. Yeah. But it's, it is a good lesson because, you know, sales is a profession where it's sort of easy to fall in the trap of obsessing, worrying overly much about performance and results because it's right staring you in the face every day. I mean, every 30 or 31 days, the the tabulation rolls back to zero and you have to do it all over again. And 
yeah, I can remember certainly at various parts of my career. I remember my first management job uh, as about, I don't know, <laughs> I was young, but I was maybe three months into it. And I was managing a team of, gosh, I don't know, 13, 14 people at that point in time. And yeah, I remember going to the doctor. I was in feeling well. And like I had my blood pressure was like through the roof. You know, I was 23 years old and, and it was developing high blood pressure. And that was like, a, for me, it was a huge, a huge wake up call. Not that I stopped worrying completely cold turkey at that point, but certainly in terms of, yeah, you can't, can't live like this all the time. Yeah. And I think this, the process of letting go to some of the, the outcomes, you know, you got, you, you do the best you can and some of you have to let, you have to let go of, I think it's a, that's a process. I don't think it's, I don't think you read a book and suddenly change. I don't think you go to a class and suddenly change. I, I think it's just a process. It's hard. And especially like you said, in sales where the measure it's, it's as if you're the measure of your worth and your value is it's calculated every 30. It's the number it's every (laughs) 30 days. It gets calculated. Um, so I try to remind myself that things, hence my superpower name, Mm -hmm. that things are fantastic. Things are fantastic. And there's a lot of, I don't have any big issues that I'm wrestling with. And I think that in and of itself that's a big gift. Yeah. It, it, well, it is. It is. And I think, I hate to say this, but you know, part of this comes with age. Uh-oh. I knew it. I knew it. It always comes back to our age, Andy. But, if only but we, this, it's practice, right? Letting go takes practice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point, is we've just had hours and hours of it. And, and hours. And a yeah, couple more right. hours. <laughs> a couple more hours. But I mean, the example is always, you know, one of the prototypical examples is, you know, first child, you're obsessive about the child, right? You know, if the, if the pacifier drops on the floor, you're going to sterilize it before. And the second child, the pacifier drops on the floor and you just stick it back in their mouth, right? Absolutely. <laughs> and so, you know, that's sort of the example is of letting go. It doesn't mean that, you know, as parents, young parents, you're not still obsessing over your kids in other ways. But, but you know, it's our constant refrain. We've talked about this once before. Studies show that... The surveys taken of of people, you know, past retirement, you know, in retirement, you know, asking their biggest regret, it was that they worried too much because uh, they exactly. got to a point where they saw, well, that wasn't that was worthless, right? The worry was worthless. So it certainly doesn't, yeah, doesn't do any good. I have to, boy, I have to remind myself that a lot because I'm a super worrier if yeah. I let myself go. So I have to, I have to work on it. So how can you be a worrier and be fantastic at the same time? It it goes back to that age thing. (laughs) I have to fight against my, my, my nature. No, my nature, my nature would be to worry. The question is, you know, it's so funny. You know, there's a lot of things as we, as we age, you know, we notice that, you know, we forget things in ways that we maybe hadn't before or certain things. But it's sort of interesting. One thing that you don't forget is what you're worrying about. Wouldn't that be great? But you do. But you know what's great is you forget later what you worried about. Yeah. Like. Yeah. But I think with practice, I think there's there's a lot that you've probably read and seen on mindfulness and meditation yes. and 
And a lot of it is just, yeah, calm, calm the mind, not worth worried about those. But I, but it does take, for me, I have to be very, it has to be a practice. I, it's, Mm -hmm. I have to be very deliberate about it because uh, I too, I'm, I'm guilty of uh, ups and lows that are based on how well the quarter's going, how are the months going, what deals we've closed or haven't closed. And I aspire to not go up and down with the number. That's my, that's my aspiration to not go up and down with the number. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I, I, so I had a perfect example of this over the last couple months as some people know I was sort of ill for a while and, and yeah, that's over a month where basically wasn't working and or not working to any degree. And, you know, in the last few weeks I've been, you know, back sort of to full speed working. <laughs> I just, two nights this week where I woke up really early, like 3.30 or 4 o'clock. And I was just sort of chuckling to myself because, yeah, I was thinking about everything I need to get done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was worrying about that. But it's like mm-hmm. the first, it was like so noticeable because I just hadn't had, hadn't done it for a month and a half because I just wasn't engaged and then suddenly I was like, oh, okay, I guess I'm back at work. <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> I guess I'm feeling better. Yeah, I'm feeling better because I'm, I'm worrying about crap now. Yeah. But that's when I you know, did my meditation. It helped. Well, I was talking to uh, one of our reps who's, who's relatively new and sort of a, the, the ramp, especially, um, the, the ramp here can be steep. There's a big learning curve. It's selling into enterprise, which has a longer sales cycle. And she's just not accustomed to not being always at the top. And it's hard on her. And we were having this talk earlier today in our one-on-one about how difficult that's been for her and how the the big learning for her and this the big learning for her this quarter is how does she stay balanced in this time when she's not where she usually is mm-hmm. and we were saying how this could end up being a quarter that she's always so grateful for because it forced her to do some work around this that she she didn't have to do other times and it's just a good it's just a good lesson, especially in sales. Gosh, we've talked about the qualities and this notion of uh, resiliency is mm-hmm. also another way to think about it. And just being able to be resilient, whether you've got an up quarter or down quarter, if things are good or not good, it's it's a good muscle to develop. And I think this whole mindfulness and uh, staying sort of steady and balanced within it. It's, it's a muscle that needs to be developed and there aren't that many good gyms <laughs> to help. That's true. It's true. There aren't that many good gyms. Yeah. And yeah, leveling out the highs and lows really, as you said, a, a good muscle to develop. And it doesn't yeah. mean you don't get excited. doesn't mean you don't get down, but understanding that those are really transitory feelings, right? That they're going to go away. There's other things in your life that are going to compensate. And if you're also putting in the basic work, see, I think this is the thing that really gets people that worry the most and have a harder time coming out of it is they're worried because they know they're not doing the basic things they should be doing to make it happen. You know, if you've got somebody that's, that's worried about 
the quarter, but they were only doing 50% of the calls they should have been doing. They were, you know, weren't doing their follow-ups appropriately and promptly. And, you know, so go through the whole cadence. It's like, yeah, you're going to, you are going to be worrying. But I think there are also times, Andy, where people are doing all those things. And, you know, I'm, I'm a firm believer that the score takes care of itself and it'll come around and it'll happen. But especially in longer sales cycles, when you're ramping, it may not happen right away. So it's not yep. always it, it's not always that somebody hasn't been doing. Oh no, I'm saying that the people that, if you were to analyze for the most part, the people that sort of can't get out from underneath the worry, it's because they're not doing. I wasn't saying the transitory stuff is just yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right. That's right. They're just they're not doing it, and yeah, I remember a guy that worked for me who had sort of a nervous tick, and that. You know, the bouncing bouncing leg, bouncing knee thing. Mm. <laughs> and and I sort of wondered about it when I didn't didn't hire him, but I inherited him. But the time he was hired, I was sort of like, hmm. You know, is is what's what's the saying? Is it just a nervous tick? It has nothing to do with performance, but you could sort of see that thing really get going for during periods of time where it turned out not to be a consistent performer and for sort of the reasons I talked about. And, you know, he had to tell. <laughs> you could just sit in meetings and say, okay, yeah, there's, there's a problem with Doug. And, uh, yeah, it's, sometimes you got to get out of your own way. And that's the hardest way to get out of our own. It's mm-hmm. so hard to get out of our own way. It's so hard. It's so hard. By definition, we can't see our blind spots. And, and sometimes getting out of our way is we need somebody to help us. Help us see what our blind spots are so Absolutely. that we can get out of our way. Yeah. Well, that's, that is, unfortunately, when we talk about sales coaching and sales managing and, and the fact that there's oftentimes in many organizations sort of a, a dearth of, of sales coaching, this is one of the things that happens, you know, is, is people aren't getting the, the feedback and the input they need, the, you know, the reassurance, but also the sort of firm direction or input to say, have you looked at this? Yeah, and it's it's typically best coming sort of that input from someone, especially if it's uh, input and it can be somewhat critical, even if it's constructive criticism in nature. It's best coming from someone who you know has your best interest at heart mm-hmm. and has demonstrated that. Yeah, if you ideal if you actually trust your manager. Gosh, that's the goal. Yeah, I'm That's sure. That's the goal. I'm sure your team has complete faith in Captain Fantastic. Uh, well, you have to talk to them sometime <laughs> and ask them. I well, think it's something. Are they there? Maybe Can we talk do. to them? Yeah, I, sh- I could go grab them in the other. Uh, no, that's okay. Room. Yeah, what would they say? They would say, "Oh my God, my boss is saying, do, do I trust her?" Uh, I better say yes. You have to. Yeah. We'll have to do a, a uh, an anonymous poll. <laughs> Send them a survey. See what yeah. they say. No, I I kid about that, but I think they do. I think if if anything, my team knows that um, they know I genuinely uh, care about them a lot, and that I'm genuinely invested in their success, both personally and professionally. And they know genuinely that I work really hard on their behalves. So I think they know those those. I think they know those things. I and know they the same, do. And the same token, then they know that because I, you can be direct. Is that when you are direct, it's yeah, not it's constructive. It's not 
destructive criticism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they definitely know that. And, and I had a conversation um, and I've had very direct conversations with people on the team on topics that have been hard. And, and they've also had them with me. And I say, it's never easy to hear, but so I know for me, I so appreciate getting the direct feedback and I feel really uh, honored mm-hmm. that they will also share direct feedback and that they feel comfortable enough to know that not only am I receptive, um, I'm interested in it. I want it. I want the direct feedback. And I think that takes a lot to tell someone who you work for mm-hmm. what they're not doing well, what they're not doing right, where you're free. I, I think that takes a lot. And, you know, I, I work to make sure, I hope that uh, they feel comfortable. I try to make it open, uh, create an open environment where they can share that with me. Yeah, well, based on the emails they've been sending me, it sounds like that's the case. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> I knew some zinger was going to come out there, Andy. I know you well enough to know that one caught me a little off guard, but not so off guard. There was, I know, there was a little bit of a pause there. There was a pause as yeah. I thought. Did he just say what I thought he said? <laughs> yes, he did. In fact, indeed, he did. Yeah, shouldn't be laughing at my own jokes. That's <clears throat> nah, okay. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. So, well, let me ask you a question. So, we've been telling a lot of stories here. So let's let's keep going down that road. Is, let's is, stay on that theme. Yeah. So, what's the most difficult conversation you've ever had to have with an employee? Well, I think the most difficult is when you have to fire them. And do you have one I, one of those stories that that stands out? Yeah. Um, there was a he was a top rep. And again, love this guy, love, love, love this guy to this day, just talented and a little edgy, push the envelope, very Mm -hmm. aggressive. Mm -hmm. And he was doing things. It was, it was, it was, we weren't getting a lot of leads and he had figured out a way to sort of game the system where when the leads would come in, they would go to him as opposed to getting like round robin and I fired him. No, no second chances. No, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. just, and I told him, I said, I, I need you. You need to know how much I, how much I care about you. And of everybody here at the company, I am undoubtedly your biggest fan. And because I'm your biggest fan, I'm letting you go today. And if this is a lesson, I said, right now, the consequences are low, mm-hmm. but they're real, but they're low. Cause I, sure. I can't have this on the team where this is okay. Right. But you know what? You get away with these things for any length of time and there can be much bigger. I mean, you read about it in the news. There can be bigger consequences for just a little white lie here, a little dishonesty there. Mm-hmm. And so that was a hard conversation. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, hard, my, in, so hard in some ways and, and not hard in yeah, other ways. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think about the times I've had to let people go. And I had th- three instances that, that you know, end up sort of being 
tied up in like personal tragedy that where the timing was so accidentally horrible <laughs> that that it sort of compounded the situation. You know, I had one situation with a gentleman who who had to let go, who went on to achieve, you know, start his own company and become very successful, but just wasn't just wasn't doing it for some reason, right? And just you know, wasn't making the calls, wasn't uh, just wasn't putting in enough of an effort, and the numbers were reflecting it. And we, you know, I'd done some intensive coaching with them, and end up putting them on notice, and um, and you know, I got to the end of the notice period, and you know, numbers weren't there, and so I went into his office or you know, and we sat down and talked and started talking through it and and you know told him I had to let him go and he's nodding but you know his affect seemed very flat and yeah I was like yeah you know, is something else happening here you know that that I'm not aware of and it's just like because it's just it wasn't the reaction you expected from somebody and you know, his, his wife had just had a huge medical emergency um, mm. and he was on his way to the hospital. And it's just like, you know, take a knife and stab me in the heart, right? Mm. I mean, could I have, but I had no way of knowing it. it literally, he had just gotten off the phone with her right before I'd walked in the oh, gosh. In his office. Um, and I had, I had another one very similar with another guy that, that and literally 24 hours before he was terminated and you could sort of see perhaps afterwards why, but it was like, you know, his wife was in the hospital because of, you know, being stricken by cancer and, and mm. she didn't live very much longer. And it's just like, Oh my God. <laughs> you know, it's like, what, what's going on here? So, and the, yeah, I mean, those are to me are very memorable because it's just like, you had no way of knowing Right, what was going on behind the scenes, and and uh, you know, then you do this thing. It's a business necessity, but if you feel like sort of, well, God, if I'd had all these facts, would I've made the same decision? And would you? Ah, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, it's it's yeah, I can't go back and, and relive it, but it's yeah, you know, people going through. Yeah, you know, personal personal tragedies, you know, unrelated to work that you have no way of knowing. It's like, oh, yeah, I just I I felt horrible, but no, obviously not as bad as they did. But I mean, it was just, yeah, could we have done something different? Yeah, no way. It's just bad timing. Yeah, that makes it super super hard. Well, if, I haven't if, I I I haven't had that where it because that makes it that's a double difficult conversation because you've got the personal and professional and already with the professional it's difficult and then you throw that in and boy well i think that for me it it, and i was talking about it with with the ceo my boss at one of those companies and 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 i was pretty young at the time but i was you know still learning it was my first job as a vp uh the first one that i talked about and he said you know you just always have to keep in mind is that yeah, we may be terminating people for a reason, but we're still screwing with their lives. And yeah, that's true. To me, it was like, and we, you know, we want to talk about it. So, you know, just we really have to take care to make sure that that we've done everything we can. You know, if the person's not a willing participant in 
in the coaching and improving and, and taking the steps they need to take, then that, that's one thing. But we need to put the effort in. But, you know, again, if they don't participate fully, yeah, hey, you got to do what you got to do. Well, I've had situations where the individual was, was participating fully. Fully. Uh, hardest workers ever. And it wasn't working. Still didn't work out, right. And so in that case, too, like I, I have a very, this was, those are probably maybe even harder. Mm-hmm. Um, where somebody is working as hard as they can and it's not working. And my message has been, because it's happened more than once, I said, you deserve to be in a place where you are valued and where it gets reinforced and your skills get reinforced. And I see how hard you're working and I see you showing up and Mm -hmm. I see, but for some reason it's not working. And more than more than one time, I one time it was a manager that I let go who came to me actually later the same day and said, "Thank you for doing something that I didn't have the courage to do myself." You know, mm-hmm. thank you for. And oftentimes with the rep, they end up going on somewhere where it's just a better fit for them. And so while we're we're messing with their lives. I hope that sometimes we're messing with them that ends up being positive. It may not feel positive then. And I've said to some of them, I know it doesn't feel good now and it can't. And my hope and anticipation is that you're going to look back and say, yeah, that sucked, but I'm in a better place. And that's, that's typically what I want for my people. Sure. That's what I want for them, period, end, beginning, end. I want them to be in a good place. And if it can't be working with me at whatever company I'm with, and I want to help them get to that place where it is good for them. Yeah, I think back to my experiences is probably 50% of the people I had to terminate have gone on and done, done well, right? In some cases, much better. It just wasn't, just wasn't a fit for whatever reason. Smart people, yeah. talented people. As you said, just just not a fit. Just um, not working. Others, you know, no. But yeah, you know, every situation is is individual. I mean, there's never. I'm trying to think, do I ever have a? No, I, I never really had a situation where I had to let someone go. Where I, for for business reasons, where I regretted after the fact doing it, because um, it was you know good for the company. It was it was oftentimes, as I said, good for the individual as well. It never feels good, though, on either no, side. No, God, days that I dread. And same thing with, you know, I've been in a couple of companies where I had to do layoffs and also horrible. You know, horrible. Start, startups, you know, cutting, conserving cash and and making, you know, pretty random decisions about who stays and who goes. Yeah, it's always tough, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, those, those are perhaps the worst days, especially if it's, you know, multiple people and... Yeah, you know, one company I worked for, we had to, gosh, I don't know, let twenty people go in one day, and yeah, it's just, and it was a it was a horrible situation too because there was three or four different locations in California where mm. we had to let people go from, which I basically was doing it all in one day, and obviously people are calling ahead, right? <clears throat> Andy's coming to the office. Watch out! And I was like, ah, uh, dear. Yeah, that was not good. So, 
I don't know how we got on that topic, but uh, I don't know. I don't think we ever got to the topic topic at hand. So whatever the topic was, we'll have to get to it next time. We'll have to get to it next time. Yeah. So we will get to it next time. Yeah. Now that we brought everybody down by our stories of, of, uh, <laughs> well, hopefully, hopefully only brought them down. But I think as we were saying in most situations, it just in my own experience, thinking back, the people have ended up being in a better place. And that's that's the goal. It needs to be a good fit, both sides. If somebody's not doing well, the, the layoffs are tough. Um, then again, just the hope and anticipation is that great people will go find great places to be. Well, it sort of ties a little bit to what we talked about last week about the future of sales and, and the paramount uh, standing of the human-to-human connection. It's true if you're a manager too, right? If if you you have responsibility for almost like a parent for these people that have been entrusted to your your care. That's right. And it can't just all be about the numbers. No. And that's something that you have to pay attention to. It's you know, it's still it's a people business. And you know, there's this temptation, given all the transparency that's developing in the sales process and how we can measure more things and measure those things more accurately. You know, it's a Temptation to get lazy, intellectually lazy, and just focus on the numbers. But you always got to bear in mind there's there's a person at the end of that that number, and it's more than just about the number. It's always more than a number. Nobody wants to be. Nobody wants to feel like they're just a number or they're just a tool. Or nobody wants to feel like that. All right, you got the last word two weeks in a row. Yes. Yeah. Let's put that on the scoreboard. Yes. <laughs> We'll start not that start. I'm competitive. Not that I'm competitive. Not that you're competitive. Not yeah. that I'm competitive. That's why I don't want to go for a run with you. <laughs> no, you do. You could go for a run with me and feel fine. Uh, not, not right now. I'm not. But maybe give me a couple more months to recuperate, and maybe, maybe so. All right. Yeah. No, I, I'm not competition for anybody these days. Um, okay. So, Bridget, as always, Captain Fantastic I'm for sorry, you. Captain Fantastic remember? to you. That's yes. right. Okay. And hopefully it won't get to Ms. Captain Fantastic, but uh, no. or Captain Fantastic, ma'am. Actually, gosh, you should tell that guy the next time he. Calls I'm going to tell him that next I'm time. Next time that. he says, next time he says, ma'am, say that's Captain it, Fantastic, ma'am, to you. To you, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. We'll see how that. We'll see how that works out. I, I want to see. We'll how see that how that goes. works. All right. All right. I'm game. You're game. All right. Have a great weekend. Friends, you too. Have a great weekend. Thank you for joining us, as always, on Frontline Fridays. Make sure you come back, visit us again next week. Visit Accelerate every day of the week because we have an exciting educational, educational episode for you every day. So, Bridget, until then. Andy, until then, have a great week and weekend. Bye. Bye.